Yeah, absolutely. Like I have experienced quite a bit of struggle because I was in business like from the age of 18. I was an attractive young woman. Um, I was the youngest vice president of a business chamber. Like I was in these areas and arenas where there was very powerful men around me and they were a lot older than me and I'm very young and you can imagine I'm at that point I was so disempowered I didn't know how to say no and so I got myself in situations where I knew it was a no and I didn't know how to say no. things to do with Karen Taylor. I'm joined today by a really special guest. Her name is Samantha J. Um, Samantha reached out to me on Instagram to come on the podcast and share a little bit about her journey. And I'm so excited to have her today. Um, she's a best-selling author. She is um, an entrepreneur. She is um, a business strategist. She is also um, noted in the top 20 uh, entrepreneurs of 2021. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm super excited too. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, and so, yeah, jumping straight into it, I guess there's a few, just a few little things there, um, you know, little accolades uh, under your belt. And um, tell me more about yourself. Yeah, well, my name's Samantha Jay. I've been an entrepreneur for over the last decade. Um, I started out literally, well, I started out when I was about 14 years old, importing, you know, jewelry from Bali. So I've always had this huge entrepreneurial spirit wanting to make a difference in the world and yeah for the last 10 or more years I've been merging neuroscience shamanism sacred sexuality all to come together to help people to be able to transform their adversities their traumas into being able to build a business that helps people Wow, that is so amazing. I think there's so many qualities there and just so many cool things. I'm on a journey myself at the moment um, with dealing with my trauma. And so that's, yeah, like something that is just so fascinating to me. Um, so how did you get into doing that? So into being uh, what you would call your soulful speaker and a medicine woman. Um, tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where to start? Um, I, <laughs> I think that so from a really young age, like I felt really different. I was sensitive. I could feel, you know, my environment a lot. I had like I could hear other people's thoughts. You know, most of the time people are going to be like, what? You can hear other people's thoughts like you're crazy. You're this, you're that. And I think I was just such a sensitive child. And a lot of the time through my childhood, um, I really felt quite misunderstood. But it wasn't until I was 21, 22 years old, when I'd had this award-winning entrepreneur career, I had this external success that I had this breakdown. And I remember like winning this award and like at this point, like being on the ground on my knees, kind of like praying to God, like there's got to be more to life than this. Because up until that point, like I had had a lot of external success. I had property developments. I had this award-winning career as an entrepreneur, but inside I felt quite empty and felt like I wasn't really living the life authentic to me. Yeah. And right. That's when, yeah. And that's when I, when I had that breakdown, life started to move in a very different direction for me. Yeah. And I think that that's what happens for all of us. Like whether it's a death, it's a divorce, it's a COVID, it's a pandemic, like whatever it is, like something at one point in our life is going to come in and it's going to shake us up. Yep. And we want to start to ask them questions like, who am I? 
who am I authentically in the world? What's my purpose? What am I here to contribute to the world? And that's what that experience had done for me. Um, up until that point in my life, like, you know, when I was about 18 years old, I got the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder. And um, I remember at that point in my journey, um, uh, before that, I'd really seen, you know, myself as um, going to university, studying psychology. Um, and when this event came to me, and, and maybe, you know, that similar event for you listening right now is COVID and it's the pandemic. But I was at this choice point between the person and how I thought the next few years of my life were going to look versus the reality of life. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, well, I remember going out to my mom and dad and just asking for help. Like something's wrong with me. I'm not feeling myself. Like, And so I went to the doctor and I got that diagnosis. In the coming years then, I became more unstable, more unwell than I'd ever been before that point of having yeah. that medication. Fast forward to when I was 22, you know, and there I was literally in the fetal position or in the shower going, I listened to the doctors. I listened to the people when I did ask for that help three, four years ago. I listened to what they had to say, but it's not working. Yeah. And it took me into this point of needing to ask for God, the God that I hadn't believed in up until that point. Like, I mean, I used to talk down that people would even use that word God. I was like, God. <laughs> yeah. And I was there and I was asking, I was like praying God for help. What I didn't realise is, you know, when I started to put my life in God's hands or in a purpose bigger than myself, is I, I said to God, please, God, show me the way forward. Show me the people that are actually going to help me to live my best life and have the purpose that I know I'm born here to make. Mm. If not, I'm out of here. Like, and what actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. And what actually happened then is in the coming days, a, a, a guy reached out to me, a coach I was working with, and he said, look, I'm working with this guy. And he actually thinks that you need him right now. And I was like, oh, Okay. And I was like, I think maybe this is my prayer being answered. Anyway, a shaman came into my life. And as that shaman came into my life, a medicine man, someone who has an understanding of not only this physical reality, but this non-physical reality, mm. right, that's recognised now in quantum sci sciences. Um, so he came into my life and he said, yeah, like these are your gifts coming online. Wow. These are your gifts. You, you're a sensitive, you're an empath, you're a medicine woman, and it's now time for me to show you how to feel safe in who you are and to help you make sense of what that darkness that they call mental illness really is. Yeah. And what I realised in the coming years is that that mental illness was actually trauma that was coming up trying to be healed. Mm -hmm. And in the coming years I learned and remembered that I'd been sexually abused as a young woman and that was that darkness why I felt all this anger at times and I didn't know where this anger was coming from. I hated myself, hated other people at times. I had no idea where this hate and this anger, like, I mean, I just was feeling like a very angry person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, what am I so fucking, like, what am I angry about? You can swear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that, is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, I agree. What am I so <laughs> angry about? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, 
that's what it was. This trauma that I didn't even remember that was expressed from the age of 18. But even as my earliest memories, I felt like there's something wrong with me. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I remember from a really young age having suicidal thoughts. Like, no, like just feeling tapped into a world that no one else around me understood. Mm. You know, I come from regional New South Wales, a little town in Wagga Wagga. Yeah. And I promise you, I'm around farmers. <laughs> they have no idea about this stuff. <laughs> it's funny you say I'm sitting here smiling, like even as you say, like, you know, you addressed that there was abuse in your childhood and I'm smiling, but I'm not, not smiling. I'm smiling at looking at you now and, and seeing how you've come through that and overcome that. And I'm smiling like a fucking goober um, as you talk, because I'm on this journey right now in my life. I'm literally on this path right now. Um, trying to better understand myself, better love myself. I've never loved myself. I've always been jealous of other people. I've always looked at other people and thought that there's something wrong with me. I'm not witty enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not all these enough things and um, and struggling so much with that feeling of being misunderstood. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I think that when you live with that feeling of feeling like you're a little bit different and people don't understand you and you're trying so hard because you're like, just understand me. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually a nice person. Like I'm actually a good person. You know, like you're constantly trying to feel understood and the feeling of being misunderstood, which is something that I've recognized in myself is probably the worst feeling that I feel. And I'm allowing myself to feel all of these things now, allowing myself to be angry when I'm angry, to be sad when I'm sad, to be happy, because they're all feelings. And so, you know, being happy doesn't necessarily, that's another feeling. Feeling happy is another feeling. Feeling angry is a feeling. Um, and they're not exclusive, mutually exclusive, exclusive. Like, it's just like, those are all feelings and we have to kind of move through those all the time. And that feeling of being misunderstood is probably the worst because I can go through my day. I can get a little bit sad. I can get a little bit angry and I can also have happiness in a day. But if I, for one minute, feel misunderstood, that's me gone. <laughs> that's, me, that's me in paralysis. I'm like, oh my God, fix it, fix it, fix it. Like, yeah. So I totally get that. And I'm on that, this journey at the moment. So it's, yeah, I'm really, um, I'm smiling because I just think it's so amazing that you're sharing that side and how you um, got to that spiritual healing. And even for me, becoming more attuned to the God of our understanding. So, um, you know, however anyone looks at God in, you know, if it's the universe or if it's, it's the God of your understanding and what that looks like in your life, being able to apply that spirituality in your life and that healing, that spiritual healing, as well as that physical healing. Um, it's incredible. Like it's an incredible feeling. It's painful as shit. <laughs> um, it's really painful. Um, I was also, I had a, a abuse in my childhood and um, having to go into that and deal with that and deal with those emotions. Like sometimes it is fucking hard. It's painful and it hurts and you don't want to do it. But as you move through that and you start to actually address those things um, and you do lean on the God of your own understanding to, you know, have his will in your life rather than living by my own will and feeling like when I live by my own will, that's when I start to compare myself to everyone else. But when I say, God, I want your will in my life today, that's when I feel so much more at peace. Oh, that's such a beautiful, because I work with prayer and intention and I love that. That's such a great reframe to just come back in, align to our own divinity 
and that greater presence and and then it stops us being in the mind in comparison envy and jealousy and we start to see our full package yeah the truth is is that like we have goodness in us and then we have stuff that we want to improve or that's a weakness for us but it's like that's actually the full package of who we are that's our full brilliance right yeah yeah 100 percent I think that's so incredible. Um, and tell me, so um, just a little bit about um, what was it like for you, just for um, anyone listening who does struggle with um, BPD, so borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder, um, what was that experience like for you? Like how did that show itself in your life? Because as you say, it was really dark. It was a painful time. And obviously it was um, triggered. There would have been some kind of trigger that sort of really brought it up at that time, I'm guessing, when it got really bad. Um, so obviously it was your awakening point. Um, but what was what was that like? And do you still struggle with any of those feelings now, like with the um, with that bipolar, that up and down, um, and even with BPD, that sort of like hairline trigger uh, situation? Because I know that that's what most people um, struggle with. Do you have do you experience any of that now? Like, and what was it like for you um, in that time? Yeah, I, I don't experience any of that now, um, which is really great. Like that's been a really long journey because I was on the highest doses of bipolar disorder medication, BPT medication for a long time. And now I'm completely medication free. I've detoxed my whole body. I don't experience any of that, like any of them symptoms. And what it was is, you know, my life back then used to feel like some days I was wearing a superwoman cape. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm superwoman. I can do anything in the world. And I was like, filled with these grandiose ideas. And I was like, manic and blah, 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 blah. And then it was like, <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> and oh, I can't even get out of bed. And I'm like, I can't even shower and I can't eat. And I don't even, putting on my clothes is like so exhausting and I feel fatigued. And how am I going to talk to people and just complete disassociation? Mm. And imagine that and rapid cycling in that and being in, two to three, four of them states throughout your day. Mm. Now, what brought that on for me was stress, high stress, mm. also perceived abandonment. I feel like someone's going to abandon me. Um, also self-abandonment when, mm. because when, I'm, when I was on that medication, I couldn't feel my emotions. And so when you were disconnected from your body and your emotions, you're actually disconnected from your internal guidance system. Mm. that keeps you safe and protected mm. so in any moment you don't really know if it's a yes or a no and then in underneath all of that was an immense level of anger and anger is actually a gateway to knowing whether a boundary is being crossed or not mm. so I didn't even have the internal resources to be able to know how to keep me safe and protected and inside was someone who was really angry about that yeah 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 and so yeah, the, the biggest triggers were fear, like fear of abandonment, perceived abandonment, stress, um, and really being misunderstood because mm. most of the time my actual natural state was being pathologized by the people around me. Mm. So naturally who I am is I am very joyous and actually I'm also an introvert and I'm sensitive. And when I'm in the emotion of sadness, I don't want to be around other people. Mm. This is naturally who I am. Mm. And because I didn't understand myself, in my childhood when I was sad, people said to me there's something wrong with me. Mm. And also in my childhood, no one around me validated me. 
So I literally was constantly speaking up to things that I didn't think were right. Mm -hmm. And when I spoke up, people locked me in my room or they said to me, like, stop talking. No one talks at the dinner table. So as an adult, if I'm in a really vulnerable position of already feeling like there's something wrong with me because I haven't been self-validated through my formative years as a teenager, Mm. then I don't actually have the confidence to stand in who I really am, which is some days I'm sad and I'm really scared to be around people because I got hurt many times as a child when I was sad. Mm. And I'm actually really scared to also stand in the fullness of my joy Because often what happened to me is when I was so freaking joyful, people were like, God, can't you tone it down a bit? Mm. So when I get really joyful, which is me, a lot of the time people are like, wow, like, you know, and I'll feel that fear sometimes. Why? Because I've got a fear of being misunderstood because my natural essence and my natural personality was pathologized. It's so interesting you say that because um, I have, I actually have this issue which I'm working on is that feeling when you feel joy, and this was something for myself too in my childhood, I wasn't validated as a child. And also when I spoke out about the abuse that was happening, um, I wasn't believed. So I have serious abandonment issues. And I say I have serious abandonment issues now. I hope to not always have these um, abandonment issues as severely as I do um, and have that feeling of being misunderstood and and letting that almost paralyze me the way that it does. I, I hope that, you know, the work that I'm doing on myself now is going to help me to not always have to go into that real like um, lone space where I'm feeling misunderstood and I need to just like disconnect and it's just like okay well I've been misunderstood so just stop talking like no one wants to hear what you've got to say there's something wrong with you like you know all these and I, these really detrimental thoughts that come into my mind um so I I know that that experience of um oh my goodness I just lost my trail of thought then um what did you say what was the last thing you said <laughs> yeah you know that experience of that um that feeling of uh being misunderstood because at the moment like sometimes that comes up for you and you go there's something wrong with me yeah Um, so I think what you yeah what you were saying when you oh that feeling of joy that's what I was gonna say so that feeling of joy sorry I was just like on a tangent like where's my brain going um I love it that feeling of joy um I really struggle with that and I struggle sometimes so last year for me was actually um I did that whole yo-yo cycle for most of last year so the last 12 months but I think a lot of it for me was that I was um using alcohol and drugs to cope and so I think the highs and the lows were really more from the use of uh substance and that's why I was going so up and down all the time and um I yeah I, I felt like um those feelings of joy when they did come, I'd almost just shut them out so fast because I'd be like, don't feel it, you know, it's not, it's not going to last. So just don't get too excited. And, and so I would immediately, like if something made me happy or laugh or smile, or I did a really good podcast or something, I would almost fall in a heap immediately afterwards. Cause I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it was, it was too good. And, and, and I would, yeah, like really try almost like disconnect myself from those feelings of joy. And um, I've had to work really hard on that because even with my dog, when I first got my dog, his little, little puppy, and I was like, he's so beautiful and so cute. But there was something inside of me that was like, don't get attached, don't feel too much joy because he's not going to be here forever, you know? And it was like, like so crazy because I'm like, he's 
he's literally eight weeks old, <laughs> you know, and I'm already thinking about him not being here and having this idea of like, you know, having that joy taken away from me. And so that abandonment again, and, and it was just, yeah, like I was going through that. And eventually there was a day where I, something happened and I experienced this joy. And I was like, I told myself, you're allowed to sit in this. You're allowed to feel this joy. You don't have to push it away. And so it's so interesting that you talk about that feeling of joy because when you're a kid and you are too over the top, then you just, you feel like uh, I'm too much. So if I'm dealing with somebody and then I start, they start to pull away, I'm like, it's because I'm too much. So, you know, immediately I put the emphasis on myself and I'm like, I'm too much. I need to be less. I need to be quieter. I need to, you know, and it's, we don't have to do that. That might, that person might just connect on a different level or that might just not be our person, you know? hundred percent. And I can relate to your story so much. And that was a big part of my own story as well, because when you're experiencing that up and down, it's almost like you want to become numb to it. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to become numb to it because we've experienced the next down. And then when you're on that high, because I use the same thing, sex, drugs, alcohol, and had that big high and low. And so when you're on that low, it's like when you start to get into the happiness world, this isn't going to last long. Um, it's just going to be the next down. And when you're in that place, you feel quite powerless because you feel like, well, in my own journey, I felt like something outside of me was constantly taking my happiness away. And this is what I had to heal was, well, something was at times taking my happiness away and I'm giving power to it. So my environment, I would give power to people. My environment didn't feel safe for me. It didn't feel aligned to me. My relationships didn't, you know, so I hadn't known how to not abandon myself to be loved. And the way for healing that was to actually get in my body. I've done an immense amount of like, you know, embodiment work and actually realizing my body's my friend. Because on that journey, I actually even got body dysmorphia because when you've had that much self-abuse, mm. sex, drugs, alcohol, I mean, I was drinking bottles of vodka in a night like that, you know, three nights, four nights, sleeping with multiple men every night. And so then you know, that all gets stored in your body. Mm. And so then I felt disgust, mm. shame, guilt. I hated myself. And then that manifested as body dysmorphia because I didn't know how to receive love because mm. I thought I only deserved abuse but it's just that I hadn't been validated as a little girl and now it was time for me to validate her and to stop abandoning her to stop abandoning her by comparing myself to someone else saying that's it you know because there's a little girl inside of me that's actually like can't you just see that I am it I am it I'm it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally resonate so much with that. So that's literally, that was last year for me. So I'm very early on in my healing journey. I had like kind of my first awakening moment towards the end of last year. And then this year it's just been, you know, next step, next step and and just wanting it so much more. And then speaking with people like yourself and just seeing you, you're just glowing and so happy and free and um I I see that in people and it's like that's the life that I want you know like I want to have the glow and I want to like have that happiness in my life and have that love for myself and it's yeah I resonate so much with that because like not having that validation and then just seeking it in all these other things like alcohol validates me you know alcohol makes me more fun and alcohol makes me and sex makes me feel wanted so I'm going to have more sex and like we just find all these ways to validate ourselves 
and um and yeah and then and like you said we store all of that in our body so when you come into a time of healing it's so much about it's like like you do have to do a detox you have to like flush all of that all of that crap out of your body and you have to heal it and let it go and you know let those wounds heal because otherwise you're just continuously going back to an open wound every time you do that same pattern going back to that open wound and then wondering why it's not healing yeah, 100%. And, you know, what really helped me is to take the what I call condor perspective or the eagle perspective of it all and realize that in our pain is our purpose. Yeah. So our greatest wounds turn into our greatest sources of wisdom, compassion and power. And what's interesting, Karen, is like literally when I first got on this call with you, I was like, wow, she's glowing. She's looking joyful. She's radiating. I'm like, you know, sorry. like, I want you to know, like, sister, you are living it because oh. you are you are all them things too because, like, that's literally what I thought wholeheartedly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I must say, like, I am, so I am on currently day 24 um, of not uh, drinking and um, one of my friends said to me the other day, what are the physical things that you've noticed? Because I said, you know, it's still really hard I'm still some days like I'm actually most days I have a little cry still I'm still dealing with a lot of painful emotions that are coming up but is what are the physical things that you've noticed and <laughs> one I said my poop's better <laughs> I said and two I said my skin's better I said I feel better I've lost a bit of weight um and I said like physically physically I have noticed such a huge difference and that's just been in over three weeks of not having so much so much of that added toxicity in my body so adding those toxins and then you know wondering why I'm not healing when I'm trying to ferment a keg of beer all the time um <laughs> why I'm like my skin's getting worse and you know like I'm looking at myself now and I'm like I'm 33 years old and I feel like the best in myself that I have felt throughout my life um I've given up alcohol before um I, I went I had uh, seven years um in sobriety um in my sort of mid-20s and then when my husband and I got divorced so that was my catastrophic moment um then I started drinking again and that uh, you know two and a half years later this is me now and um and finally like realizing that the reason I want sobriety is because the addiction for me is too much. I, I can't do, um, I can't do balance <laughs> when it comes to substance. Um, and I realized how detrimental it is to my mental health. Like I said, I was experiencing those feelings of almost feeling like I was bipolar uh, throughout all of last year. I cried every day for the last year and um and nowadays you know I have times where I go and I'm not in that emotional purge I'm not purging all of those emotions anymore but I was purging like I was purging years of stuff that I hadn't dealt with and now finally being able to come to the other side and go you know what these are the things that you know if I really want healing I have to eliminate things from my life that are not serving me anymore so yeah I do I feel really good within myself right now and I can only hope that it's just going to get easier and better so yeah <laughs> thank you so inspiring oh thank you so are you I'm just so like I can't believe like how like you know just that journey seeing you on this end and being able to speak to you is such a privilege so yeah um and I guess like going from there like you have you, you were um working a lot and 
crazy stressed and you know that was your kind of your big um awakening moment I guess for you and um and you still are all of those things you're still that creative person um and you are you are you were named in the top 20 entrepreneurs of 2021 um congratulations thank you so much yeah it was so amazing it's so incredible. You should be so proud. That's so thank cool. you. <laughs> yeah. And now tell me, tell me a bit about that. Tell me a bit about your entrepreneurship now and your business and your books. You're you're writing books. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like, I guess throughout that journey, like, whatever our pain is, whatever our problems are, inside of that is our purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that that's what it is. So, exactly what you're going through at the moment, the, what the listeners are got moving through at the moment. Like ultimately our highest purpose in this life is to realize our greatest potential and to become our authentic self-expression. And so we often, you know, go to those places like sex, drug and alcohol, trying to find something. But what we're actually trying to find is who we are. Like that's it. And so on the other side of that journey, um, I guess that's what now I found a gift. You know, it's the hero's journey. It's the heroine's journey. It's that through that alchemy of our darkness, we find light, we find a message, we find a gift. And so now I'm merging strategy, spirituality and self-expression. So for them, people that feel different, you feel misunderstood. I'm literally saying, great, you're like the next visionary, you're the next innovator and you're here actually, like you have the eyes to see what's invisible to others and like it's time to stand in your uniqueness, stand in your brilliance and actually build an empire that shapes a better world. Because I see you as like the, the disruptive leader, the person that's here to write something that hasn't been written before. And you feel misunderstood because you're here literally to bring something new that's never existed before. So you can imagine about the inventors of the past, like, you know, they've got this crazy idea to create a phone. And most people around them will be like, they're crazy. There's something wrong with that person, you know, and that's actually the common way in which innovators, visionaries, that's what they, they have to adapt and own that identity in a way, you know? Mm. So that's what I'm now doing. I'm, I'm helping those people, psychic, shamans, medicine, men and women, coaches, yoga teachers, all of those people that have that big heart who want to make a difference in the world to build an empire um, using their own gifts uh, and so, yeah, I've started this movement now of empresses and emperors, helping people to understand themselves, embrace their authenticity and build a business around it. That is so amazing. And so, yeah, like I love that. It's It really does. It comes down to being your true authentic self, like, and just living in that and owning that, like owning who you are in your own authenticity and I know for myself, I and I now definitely find if, you know, if I start to get those feelings of unworthiness, it's like, it's okay here. And whatever you said, that was you being your authentic self. If that person that you were being your authentic self with doesn't appreciate who you are in your authenticity, that's okay. You're still being authentic. So keep being authentic. And I have to like constantly keep reminding myself of that. So I guess for you, you would be doing that with a lot of your clients as well it's just reminding them to like stay in their lane stay in their authenticness yeah 100 percent. and the biggest thing is that we can't control the perceptions of others like we just can't so if we stand in our authenticity and other people are triggered by that well then that's their trigger we can't control the perceptions of other people and always how we're perceiving others says more about us than it does you know them so it's like we want to actually be able to 
feel so safe inside of who we are, so secure inside of who we are. And that actually comes through self-validation, right? So we need to learn how to go, well, who am I? Like, and one of the best things is to actually go to the end of your life and say, who's the person that I would be at the end of my life who I can be genuinely and wholeheartedly proud of who I am? I love that. Because remember, there's this old identity linked into the, the sex, the drugs, the alcohol, all that stuff, the mental illness, that says there's something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other identity, which is like actually more of your authentic self that goes, um, I'm perfect just the way I am. Mm-hmm. I'm learning each and every, I'm learning to understand myself. And so in the first module of Empress and Emperor, I actually help mm-hmm. people to understand their old identity. And then their new identity, and I help them to swing and actually balance them both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the things that we think is often that healing is like, well, I go to someone and heal me, fix me. (laughs) But actually healing's not that. Healing is about there's a part of me that I'm learning to understand and relate in a healthier way. Mm. And if I can really deeply understand your pain, get to know you, where'd you come from? You know, what's the memories that created you? What do you need? What did you get back then? And what am I empowered to give you each and every day? Then we relate to that part of us in a new way. So just as when you were drinking, you know, or having sex, it's like, oh, I I wanted to be wanted. Mm. So then it's like letting that little girl know, well, how can I want you? If I don't go to sex, then how can, how do you want to be wanted? And so I like to help people to identify their top five needs. Yeah. You know, maybe I have a need to be wanted, need to be seen, need to be heard. And then if we can start to validate their needs, we feel really safe and secure and confident in who we are. Because guess what? Them needs are not being abandoned. We're showing up for them every morning. We're being there for ourselves. And then we feel really safe and secure in our body. We're not trying to get somebody else to make us feel safe and to fill those voids or those needs. Um, we're not reaching out, trying to grab the next thing that's going to fix those problems. We're actually going inside and then reassuring ourselves that I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here. I'm. We're good. We're okay. Like, I love you. I, you know, and just reiterating those things back to ourselves. I really like that you know, valid, just going back into ourselves and validating ourselves rather than going outside of ourselves looking for that validation. Um, I think another thing, um, you know, that you probably would have found as well is when you're in that moment where you're drinking and doing drugs and having lots of sex and just thinking that that's the way that you've got to, you know, that's the way that, it, you know, if I, if I can do those things, it just takes me out of myself for a minute. It's so selfish like you just become so selfish in the, in that time because you're not thinking about anybody else. You're not even thinking about yourself. Like, I mean, I guess in a way, you, maybe you are thinking about yourself, but only in the in the way that you want to numb yourself from the pain. And I think it's it, it can be really a, like a really selfish space. Whereas now for you, you're in a really giving space where you're wanting to give and you're wanting to see people heal. Um, is that something that you find a lot of people have to kind of relinquish their ego in the work that you do? Oh, 100%. So what I help people to do is look at what the ulterior motives are. Mm-hmm. So often we're doing a lot of things, but it's actually built on dysfunction and trauma, right? And so when we actually can identify what our needs are and what our ulterior motives are, then we can actually, you know, for example, I've got a real need to be seen. 
So that's great in my business. <laughs> it's great, like it's great in my business. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I you know, like I've got this need to be seen. So why do I want to be a speaker? Why do I want to do the things I'm doing? Because there was a part of me as a little girl that didn't feel seen. That's great, but I also need to know when I'm making a bore about me and my need to be seen, then the bigger purpose. So what we want to do is we want to stand for a purpose bigger than ourselves and then we want us in the equation. <laughs> and then if we can give ourselves that need of being seen, then what I've come to find is I'm less kind of driven by this ulterior motive mm. and, right, because I'm giving it already to myself, my cup is full, mm. and then as a consequence, I get seen as I do my purpose, but it's not coming from that ulterior motive that at times could mean I could deviate from my value system for that need to be seen. Yeah. So that's where I found the balance. Yeah. That makes heaps of sense because it's like you, um, I, I know for myself, I will, even when I go to post something on social media, I'm always thinking, who am I posting this for? So I have to like almost do like a little checklist, you know, who am I posting this for? Am I posting this because I want to post it? Am I posting it because I'm trying to get attention? Am I posting it because, you know, I want to see how many likes I can get or if I can get more followers from this post? Am I doing it for those things or am I doing it for the sole purpose that I want to post it because I think it's cool or do I want to post it because I think it might help somebody else? Um, so I have to really like check myself a lot. Like when I go to post anything, even a story, I'll be like, who am I posting this for? Am I trying to get someone to reach out am I trying to bait you know situations or am I actually just totally okay with myself that I'm posting it for myself and you know for um yeah I guess for myself or for yeah like an, ex an ulterior motive an external source of validation like I have to keep constantly checking that because as much as I might be not seeking that with alcohol and relationships and, and those other things. There's other ways that we can try and still find that. So I know for myself, I've been um, going to some meetings with my, because of my, my drinking and, um, and you, you have to you say your name. And um, so it would be, hi, I'm Karen. I'm an addict and I've been um, clean for 24 days. And I, I sort of almost every time in my head, I say, I've been clean for 24 days, but I have this like, echo that says clean from drinking and drugs <laughs> you know yeah. not not always clean I'm not just clean like I'm, I might be clean from those things but I'm not clean from my other addictions and I have to check myself on those those addictions those life addictions every day because I'm like you know I might not be showing up with those old habits but I still have a lot of things that I can use and a lot of tools at my at my fingertips that can still get me that validation, you know? So it's like, what am I doing when I'm going to post things? Am I doing it for external validation or am I doing it for me? And if I've got nothing to say, it's okay also to not post anything. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, I want to hone into everyone who's listening is like addictions is normal. You know, we actually all have addictions. We might have an addiction to coffee, working too hard, you know, exercise. Like we, Actually, like I'm in a leadership course and we went through addictions and I like picked up, I've got like five, five or more addictions, you know, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like I don't want to normalize, but everybody has addictions and yeah. a lot of actually, with a lot of unhealthy things in our culture are actually like priming us to be addictive, mm. like addicted to them. Like social media is just one example. How many hours do we spend on that every single day? Mm. So mm. just want to like say that like it's totally okay to have addictions because yeah. like especially it's just part of us learning and growing into who we are. It's yeah. totally normal. And I, 
I guess with that too, would you say like you sort of go, okay, well, how, like if this is causing me to stumble, I guess that's that's where you've got to check those things. So it's like if it's causing me to stumble or it's causing me to harm, be, be causing harm to myself, then those things are things that would probably, you know, need to have a look at. I guess mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know for myself I, had a, I was so addicted to coffee, but then I wasn't sleeping well at night. So I was having really restless sleep. I wasn't getting deep sleep and I was feeling really lethargic and tired and exhausted all the time. And um, so I had to pull that back and now have one coffee in the morning, which is hard for me to do because I love coffee. Um, but it's, yeah, like that, you know, measure like what is actually, um, what is actually causing benefit and what is causing harm. 100%. That's why I think it's good to like align with the legacy of your life or a vision of your life. Because then in each moment, you can just go, wait a second, does this take me closer or further away from that legacy or that vision of I know myself to become or that I want to be the relationship, the health, the business, spirituality, the wealth. And then that's kind of like your internal check each moment. Is it bringing me closer or further away from her? Yeah, I love that. That's such a great thing just to center yourself a little bit in that thought and be like, hmm, do I need this? (laughs) Is this serving my purpose? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. Um, We are, we've got a bit more time. We've still got a little bit more time. So um, something that I'm interested in is knowing about some of the struggles that you have faced in your entrepreneurship, in your business, in being a woman in business. I'd just really like to know if you've, you know, experienced struggles with that um, and how you've overcome those. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have experienced quite a bit of struggle because I was in business like from the age of 18. I was an attractive young woman. Um, I was the youngest vice president of a business chamber. Like I was in these areas and arenas where there was very powerful men around me and they were a lot older than me and I'm very young and you can imagine I'm at that point I was so disempowered I didn't know how to say no and so I got myself in situations where I knew it was a no and I didn't know how to say no Mm. and this was to do with when I was being sexualized by other men and I didn't know how to say no um and that got me into all different types of troubles that then I had shame about because I even said no, but I didn't know how, like they didn't listen to no. Um, So the biggest thing was that really early on in my career um, was that where as a young woman I was being sexualized and where other women around me, because I was a young, pretty intelligent and smart woman getting ahead, I actually didn't feel much support from other women in business around that time. Yeah. Um, And I felt a lot of judgment and it was really hard for me. So I preferred to just kind of like stay in my own lane, you know, throughout that time. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been difficult too because, yeah, I know um, it would have been hard to feel as though like you've got much of a support network so it's kind of like you're just like okay well I'm just I'm doing this on my own like and and I know like now I'm sure um well, I don't know but I, I'm guessing would you have um more support from women in business now yeah 100% what I've again with this misunderstanding theme is like I took all of that personally of course yeah so now you know now if another woman puts me down or she does different things because I embody more self-respect when you embody more self-respect, then one thing is, is I call it a, um, a fierce backbone and a soft front. So yeah. I used to wear, maybe you guys can read the other way around. Oh, yeah. 
I was like hard bitch face all the time. Now it's like people are like, wow, she's like, you know, more open and all of that. But I've got a really strong backbone. I know what's okay, what's not okay. If it's down the street, if it's a friend, if it's a family, it's a business contact, I have so much clarity over how I want to be treated and how not. And that clarity proceeds now in a moment. I know how I'm going to respond if someone crosses my boundary. And so I can stand up and I can speak up for myself. And what I've found as a consequence is the type of woman I'm attracting into my life because I'm respecting me more is completely changing. And that feels really good. (laughs) That is so cool. And I think that's so true. It's like they say, I know it's like a cliche, but your vibe attracts your tribe. Um, And I guess when you are vibing on a higher frequency and a higher energy level, you're going to attract people who are on that higher level. And then, you know, people who come in that, you know, if if you feel that there's something not quite right in the space like you you know where to set that boundary quite early on so did you do much um in the way of like learning about setting boundaries I'm guessing you would have had to I'm learning about it so I know I'm having to practice it I'm having to practice how to communicate my feelings how to actually use my voice um did you did you do a lot of like work with boundary setting 100% that's been a huge huge thing because I found that safety like inner safety and not abandoning ourselves is all about um, boundaries, right? Mm. And so for me that um, often there's like a mask that as women, you know, maybe it's for men too that we have to let go, which is like the good girl, the one who wants to appease people, be the people pleaser, nice, pretty, digestible. (laughs) And so I don't want to be, you know. And so I talk about, well, we've got the good girl and the bad girl and, you know, we have to actually balance them both, Mm. right? And so the good girl is like, well, that's us speaking from our heart, being vulnerable in our delivery of like, when uh, when I saw you do this, it made, like, I felt this. And so nonviolent communication has been a huge part of that. That's a great framework I'd encourage people to learn. Um, but the first part is I had to not play that like hard bitch face, which is like, nothing you do doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. And instead I had to get really vulnerable, mm. like, let myself be seen in my fragility, my sadness, my anger, and go, oh, that really hurt. And I'm not going to walk away and never talk to them again. Mm-hmm. Actually, the more courageous thing is like, I'm going to be first honest with myself about how I feel. Then I'm going to express that. And then I'm going to hold on that like strong backbone and stand up and say, this is what I actually really need, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's really that courageous part. And here's the thing. My mentor said this. She's like, you've got to have the courage to rock the boat. You know, don't be the woman who doesn't rock the boat because really you don't even know whether they're on the boat, like true and authentic and aligned to who you are. So yeah. rock the damn boat and you're going to know if they're like coming on the journey with you or they're not. And then well, they're off. Rock the boat. I yeah, love rock that analogy. Boat. Yeah. Cause it's like, if they're going to be on, if they're going to be in with you and they're like, right, this is you, this is you setting yeah. boundaries. And I respect that. And I value that. They're staying on the boat. If they're like, well, fuck you, like, who do you think you are? And they get offended, then it's fine. Off. Like, that's okay because this is my boundary and this this is what makes me feel safe. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand when it comes to like talking about awakening. I think there's a bit of a stigma around like, you know, the the whole, the word awakening. I think until you're actually going through it, you might not necessarily ever understand unless you actually go through an awakening yourself. But I think that's one thing that I've really noticed um, 
is like as you set boundaries and you start to stand in your true authentic self, I'm doing that because I am creating safety for myself and I don't have to explain that. Like you, I know me, I know who I am and I know what I need to feel safe. So if that is upsetting to you, I apologize, but that's okay. I'm going to leave that with you because I need to feel safe. Because the minute that I don't feel safe, my world starts to fall around, fall apart around me. And um, yeah, so it's like, I don't have to explain that because that's something that I have done so much work on to get to that point to confidently stand in that boundary. So I think a lot of people get, you know, a little bit upset and a bit offended, but it's nothing personal. It's actually me taking care of myself. 100%. So when we stand up like for our value, then often what happens is the other person might be like, oh my gosh, wow, like she's really empowered. She really respects herself. And then they actually will respect and be more empowered as a result because it's teaching them about their own relationship with themselves. So mm-hmm. you're actually giving them a gift and they actually may choose to rise up, step yeah. up with you. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I, I write, oh, that's just, yeah, it's so amazing. I, I think that's, it's so, um, it's so cool to think that just by you learning to express yourself and use your voice that you can then empower another woman to express herself and use her voice. Um, so, yeah, that's where it comes, like, you know, you're going into that, like, peak of, you know, this is where the everyone who's rising energy, you're going to all end up here at the top. Peak of the pyramid, yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so, um. One thing as we close, thank you so much. This has just been so wonderful and it's been such a, honestly, such a privilege and a pleasure to um, have you on today. Um, Give me your last little um, best bits of advice for um, anyone who's listening today. I think my greatest piece of advice right now would like stop seeking permission and just back yourself. Stop waiting to be chosen and choose you. Choose the life that you want. Choose the relationship that you want. Choose the relationship you want with your body and, like, go find somewhere with being there, done that experience and ask them how they did it. Like, how did you have that body or how did you create that relationship? Because you are so worthy and deserving of it. And like the power for you to create that, it's all in your hands. Oh, thank you. That's so amazing. I honestly, I see, I look at you and I just think, man, (laughs) can I get there? (laughs) you are there you're getting there yeah I'm getting there I'm getting there (laughs) and um what's what's next for you and where can we find you where yep all the social platforms I am Samantha J um I've got my podcast launching in a couple of months the business empress podcast with Samantha J yay um I've got my business school um empress and empress you can go to iamsamanthaj.com and yeah I'm writing three books at the moment so I'm hoping to get them out over the next year and it's all about you know everything we've spoken about today so stay tuned for that too Oh, that is amazing. I'm so excited. So so if you do want to find Samantha, just check that out. You can um you can look her up at I am Samantha J. Um, she is, yeah, just the most beautiful woman. Thank you so much. Thank you. you know, just radiating light and love and all the good things. And you've made me feel so happy today. Uh, and I, yeah, I can't wait to see um what's coming for you. It's just so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'll have to have you on again after all of when you 
best-selling books that come out and you got like New York Times bestseller and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, oh, look, I'm rooting for you 100%. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. And, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you.